Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. If anyone presents with any illness to me, I don't know why they would, but if they did... I would take three steps. Firstly, uh, pen in the throat to be safe. Just clear the airway. So st- Just first things first. first things first. Well, airway is the first thing in ABC. Yeah. So pen yeah. in the throat. Snap throat, a bar yeah. on half, pen in the throat. Pen um, in the throat. Second thing, I'd shout clear and defibrillate them. Um, yes. Then I'd probably, no matter what the problem. Yeah. Then I'd put them in the recovery position. You're not going to argue with that, are you? No, um, definitely not. And then I'd probably order a CT scan just to find out what's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds like um, an A&E doctor's joke about a surgeon. Hello and welcome to Legitimate Likes, the podcast where we take a look at some of humanity's most popular fascinations and we determine if they're really worth the hype. They may be likes, but are they legitimate likes? My name is Hugh, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Will. Hi, Will. Hi, Hugh. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm okay. Although, I'm, 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 I'm sort of worried because I'm operating on about 85% blood capacity. Um, you tonight. should be operating on anyone. Yeah, that's a very fair point, Will. And, would you know what? I could go on, but there's no need. Because, while we're on the subject of operating... I'm very excited because we have a guest here and our guest is an actual doctor. For the first time in the history of the show, we've got an actual expert to come on and it is Dr. Mags Carter. Hi, Mags. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. Friend of the show. Can we call you a friend of the show? Oh, 100%. Oh, great. I, I've never met you, though, so I'm glad to be bumped up to friend. Oh, friend of the show, not of Will. Yeah. I, that's clarified. Okay, yeah. cool. Carry Let's on. Hold on. Yeah, we'll see where it ends. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Mags, should I be should I be able to podcast fully on having lost a pint of blood? Oh, very much. Oh, well, thanks. I was hoping that you'd give me some sort of excuse. I did donate it. I didn't lose it. I didn't just... Well, you did lose it, but voluntarily, I suppose. Yeah, you, you sort of know where it is vaguely. Yeah. You actually, they, they've started, they've changed it now that you get a text a few days or a couple of weeks later saying where the blood has gone. So it's like it was used in Mullingar Hospital. Thank you for donating. Do you think they have a generic one for when it just gets like thrown in the bin because it went out of date? Yeah, or, or it's so full of disease and they haven't told you. But... <laughs> or it gets sent to the pudding factory or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is better than the response. I remember the first time I got one of those messages, I was very excited. And I said it to the girl who uh, sat beside me at work. And I think it was Longford Hospital that it had been used in. And she said, I'll Google and see if there were any car crashes in Longford last week. Exactly. Like, I feel like that's a surefire way for her to be like, my uncle's in Longford and he just got a blood transfusion. (laughs) The family actually don't know what's going on. Do you? Like, it's too small of a country really to be sharing that news. Mags, what what kind of what kind of a uh, doctory do you uh, dabble in? So I'm a uh, junior doctor, as we say, only eleven mm-hmm. years postgraduate. Um, oh, I yeah. used to do surgery for girls in the eighties. Uh, I used to do surgery, and then I gave up uh, during my training and moved to pathology. 
Uh, so everybody thinks of Silent Witness and it's all autopsies and it's maybe autopsies 5% of the time and 95% of the time diagnosing things in living people. So that is what we do. Ah, I thought it was studying liars. That's what I thought I was. <laughs> That's what a classic classical education will do for you, you know? I see. A study I see, of suffering. Yeah. It's nice to have an actual expert on the show because usually it's just us bumbling around and now it'll be us bumbling around and then you can Getting tell corrected. us actually. Yeah. How, how do you use blood? generally in, at work i mean um at work yeah exactly i don't want to talk about my private life so um i at work actually the same as my personal life you use it for carrying oxygen but at work it's in different people <laughs> that's a good a very good distinction to be yeah. made it's good to know that that's how you view the patients as well just sort of collections of different types of matter we have got a lot of oxygen carriers in today that's the mm. definition of an organism. It's a bunch of different stuff, you know, doing different things. That's, that's, that Fisher. bedside manner just must win over all those kids straight away. <laughs> yeah, straight away. <laughs> Speaking of organisms, we have with us today our producer, Michael, <laughs> don't we? Hi, guys. <laughs> Definitively an organism. Wow. Oh, he's got so many cells. <laughs> that was a bit of a nice one, actually. Yeah, that, Max might finally so be far. able to diagnose him, though. You know, we can finally <laughs> see what he is. <laughs> That's that's my podcast idea. <laughs> Pathologize different people each week. Uh, that's my most flattering introduction so that. far. Thank, thanks very You're, much, uh, Will. Could your podcast be called We Make No Pathologies? <laughs> like apologies? Does it, does it scan? I don't know if it scans. Yeah, I think it's pretty close. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, welcome to uh, Legitimate Likes HQ, Mags. Um, Thank you. It's good to have you here, and in particular... It's very spacious here. W- well, I know, we've got you in the boardroom uh, tonight. So. I mean, carpet is a funny choice nowadays. <laughs> a lot of people go for wooden floors, but I like it. Well, we've got the carpet on the walls, so we wanted it to, to match. Wait till you go into our avocado bathroom, and then you'll see. <laughs> Shaped like an avocado. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a bathroom for avocados. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not weird. <laughs> No, not at all. Um, I like the pit. Well, it's good. It's good. It's good to have you here, and in particular, it's good to have um, another voice of reason on the podcast. Thank you. Uh, usually, nice to be here, Michael. I, it's it's just me, and I feel quite alone. But um, I feel like I'm, I'm I'm going to be supported this week. Um, Michael, go and read some of the reviews that the listeners have left. Okay. It's it's not good for my self confidence to read our reviews, Hugh. Um. So this week, guys, and, 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 and this is, what, is why we've got Max on, uh, we're talking about TV medical dramas. Um, so that particular genre of programming that focuses on the work and the often saucy lives uh, of a group of <laughs> medical professionals, uh, and usually also the people uh, that they treat. And this is a, a thoroughly well-flogged horse. Um, there are dozens of these shows, uh, all following a very similar formula. So we've got Grey's Anatomy, uh, or Eeyore, or House, or Casualty, or Holby City, or Chicago Med. Uh, the list goes on. There are currently 15 different uh, medical dramas on the BBC iPlayer alone. And then there are, I, I, I literally couldn't count the number on Netflix. Um, 22. It's just a <laughs> number. Um, Innumerable. And um, <laughs> so not only are they popular, they're also critically successful. Um, so Eeyore still uh, holds the record for the most Emmy nominations of any drama series. Uh, so what makes them so popular? Uh, and are they a legitimate like? We discuss. That was a very long intro, Michael. Yeah. Uh, only as long as it was boring, though, Hugh. So. Do you know, no, no, to be fair, though, t- yeah, TV medical dramas, it's a, very, it's a niche <laughs> phrase. Not many people understand it, so it's quite hard to put together. So uh, it's fair enough to explain that. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of the listeners will never have seen one. Yeah. yeah. So we'll have to describe them in excruciating detail. Uh, will, have you ever acted in a medical drama? No, and that's the biggest criticism I have. Thank you for bringing it up. I've never oh. been cast in one. Wow, okay, okay. I didn't know that you could be an actor in the UK who hadn't been cast in one. Yeah. I can't. I'm technically not an actor until yeah. I've been in I think in I've one. been that's in Holby right. City, Will. So. I, yeah, I think you probably <laughs> have, mate. <laughs> it's an absolute nightmare. Yeah. That's my main problem with medical dramas. I'm not in them. Mm. And I think I think I speak for the listener when I say that. <laughs> and you'd be good. I think you'd make quite a good sort of... What would... I don't know. Slapdash doctor, hit by a car. maybe. Oh, oh you're going straight to the... No. They're not going to put me in more than one episode, Hugh. They won't even put me in... <laughs> but could you, not be, could you not be the doctor who comes in, the sort of renegade doctor who comes in for one episode and then, I don't know, has a... 
unfortunate end. No, I yeah. think it'd be like the angsty relative of somebody who's given the doctors a lot of hassle about how their mum has been treated. And then you <laughs> yeah, act yeah, like yeah. a real arsehole for all of the episode, but then it actually comes out that you have a heart of gold and you're just acting out because you're so upset about your mum. And that's a mag's diagnosis. <laughs> <laughs> that's a perfect, that is perfect mm. casting. You've, mm. you've absolutely nailed that. Mm. Bit, bit posh and insufferable, but in the end. Hot. Yeah, but in the end, and then a load of shit about the NHS, like a load of propaganda for the Beeb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But clearly, I was a bit of a Tory the whole time. Yeah, exactly. It starts yeah, yeah. out very Tory sympathetic and then gradually so, comes around. He's got a heart of gold. Oh, he's learned how to share the gold with other people. Yes. What a lovely ending. Yeah. Are, Mags, is there any gold in human bodies? Um, only if they've had fillings. Okay. There's, because, yeah. you know, we do, we've got iron and zinc and other things. There's no gold in there now. No, it doesn't get, um, as you'll remember from your science lessons, uh, um, gold yeah. is very inert, so it doesn't react with anything really, so it doesn't really get taken up. Much like myself in many ways. <laughs> yeah, incredibly inert. <laughs> A bit rich <laughs> <laughs> for your blood. Um, so before, look, before we get into the pros and cons... I've got a quiz. We've got three questions. Now, uh, Mags, this is a sort of a university challenge rule, so we can confer. Um, so, first question. I'm not really a team player. <laughs> um, that is a good quality for a doctor, I think. I, that's what I say in interviews. Not a team yeah. player. <laughs> uh, so, question one. Um, roles in medical dramas have been a springboard for many of Hollywood's leading men. So, obviously, George Looney in Eeyore. Uh, so, which of the following did not rise to prominence in a hospital TV show? Uh, Denzel Washington, Neil Patrick Harris, or Chris Pine? Denzel Washington. Oh, you're straight off the bat. That's very quick. No, no, you, you, you're quick kidding diagnosis. about no key team playing. You just want to get that yeah. answer in, don't um, you? Just, I want to win. Have I won? Can I go? <laughs> I feel, I feel, I feel. Neil Patrick there Harris. No prob- Neil Patrick Harris is the singer, isn't he? He probably sang through a few medical dramas. Yeah. Neil Patrick Harris played that thing that's always referred to in American TV that I can never think of the name of. He was like a super young doctor, Doogie Howser. Yes. Yes. Ah. yes. Well done. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So okay. people say like, "Who is this Doogie Howser and Scrubs and stuff?" And I'm like, "Who is this Doogie Howser?" <laughs> <laughs> Different punctuation, and it was the character played by Neil Patrick Harris. Mm. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris's own name could use some extra punctuation, to be perfectly honest. But <laughs> absolutely, hey, there is nothing wrong with a double-barreled name. Although all of his names are first names, that's confusing. <laughs> yeah, that's too much. <laughs> Two max per person. Oh yeah, well let's go with Max Denzel. We're saying Denzel didn't come up through a medical drama. Uh, so I mean, you're on the money on Doogie Howser, amazing. But Denzel was on, I think it was six years. He played a doctor on a show called Saint Elsewhere. He was Doctor Philip Chandler. Um, oh, yeah. So that was that was his first. His did first he sort of big rise role. to prominence, though, Michael? I'm going back to your he did. Uh, wording. He did. He did. He very much did. Define prominence. That was his. That was his breakout. Define that was his rise. breakout role. That was what got him cast. And defined too. That was what got him cast in other things. Much much like Clooney and Eeyore. That's what. That's no, what... but like Will got cast in other things because like he did a, I don't know. I don't get yeah, cast but, in other things. But Denzel won won two Oscars. You know. Yeah, but but did he My, win anything? I have had two cats called Oscar. <laughs> they both died. What did he win anything yeah. in that show? Did the show? How many people watched the show? What's Rose to Prominence? He just did that. Then he did other stuff. Ro- sorry, Rose to Prominence is another medical drama. <laughs> he then did Rose to Prominence. Afterwards. It's set in Prominence, Rhode yeah. Island. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, and, the, and, the, and the main character is a doctor called Rose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mayor of Easttown. That's the good shit. You're um, sending me to prominence? <laughs> no! Actually, an interesting side note there is that St. Elsewhere is what doctors call another hospital when you don't slag it off. Don't want to slag it off. Oh, so when, really? when people be like, uh, this person initially presented to uh, St. Elsewhere and was discharged mm. and then presented here the next day and everybody's like, oh, where is Elsewhere? Interesting. I like it. Yeah. I like the inside scoop. Mm. I'm going to start using that. Um, oh, please do. The, in, the inside scoop is actually a pathology term and is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a tool. <laughs> Pass me the inside scoop. <laughs> we, we've gone past the outside scoop. <laughs> the outside oh. saw, the inside scoop. You don't know much about biology. 
Don't know much about history. Don't know much about science book. Um, where were we? So we got one wrong. Got there. one wrong. Chris Pine, if you're wondering, uh, briefly played a drunk on Eeyore. There you go. Um, question. So, and you so the answer think, was nobody. You think he rose to prominence no, 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 no. after that? No, Denzel, definitely prominent. Uh, Chris Pine, not prominent. I think that probably led to other jobs, actually. I don't think you can say that. Question two. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fair enough. Fair enough. It wasn't a worthwhile tangent. He's done very well there. Um, Produced the shit out of me. I imagine this is what the taping of Have I Got News for You is like. <laughs> just loads and loads of dead ends being like, that. that give up. That's fine. The difference between us and Have I Got News for You is the dead ends don't make the air in that show. <laughs> That's why the audience laughs so frantically in Have yeah. I Got News for You because they've been waiting for something that didn't end in a dead end for so long. Instead of like Ian Hislop being like, no, oh, I don't really have that. Yeah, take that. that. Have I got news for you? <laughs> Question two. Um, doctors are in most studies considered to be one of the most attractive professions. Uh, okay. So which of these is considered the least attractive? A social media influencer, an accountant, or a web designer? Which is the least attractive profession? Oh, like, I don't know, and I don't care, Michael, so. <laughs> yeah, this question about medical dramas is well, okay. it's tough. I, I'm going to say that it's web designer. I'm going to say accountant. So Nice. Hugh, take a Social media influencer. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> Our bets are so goddamn hedged. So, actually, an accountant is right in the middle in terms of attractiveness. A social media influencer is right at the bottom. So this is this is a, a study of uh, it's Tinder Tinder swipes. Which way you swipe? Who gets oh. the most oh. swipes? Um, and a web designer surprisingly was right at the top, uh, even above doctor. Now I have a feeling I did read this on a on a website, so I have a feeling maybe the web designer was talking up his own game. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Did a web designer write this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also don't understand what web designers do. So yes. Web no, designer. Also, a very different question. What is the most swiped right uh, swipe thing on Tinder mm. than what is the most attractive job? I was going to say, this seems like an economic prospects um, metric. <laughs> Welcome to Michael's <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yes. it's good that Michael gives us the parameters of the question after we've yeah. got it wrong. If, if Michael could sneaky. call this economic metrics, he would have. <laughs> is this a real quiz? No, 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 it's not. It's the worst, but it's also great. It's the only. Do you know what? I get very angry at Michael for no reason. And then once when he wasn't on the podcast and I had to run it, it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And I've then gained you a lot of respect. Then you turned the rage in yourself. Yeah. yeah, I was upset. Max, as as someone who's worked in hospitals for a long time, but also you know you you're you're a woman of the world. You know you've seen, you've known lots of different people. What are you people. saying? Thank <laughs> you. Don't know. Was, was it a compliment? Was it a married knows? woman? <laughs> Are doctors, the world. are doctors uh, very attractive? Um, I'd say it's a mixed bag. <laughs> well, here the question is which which subcategories of doctor are the most attractive? Because oh, obviously that good thing question. That, that kind of yeah. surgeons oh, yeah. are the jocks. Is that is that actually a thing? No, I think like the stereotype of medicine would be that um, orthopedics are the jocks. So much like the Todd in Scrubs, okay. that would very much be based on a real medical stereotype. Okay. Um, and the joke would be kind of that they're like dumb for doctors, even though they're like super, super academic about biomechanics and stuff. But they mm. do kind of sometimes seem perhaps like they willfully ignore the other areas of medicine. So there's an old joke that holistic orthopedic care is treating the whole bone and not just the fracture. <laughs> um, but, so that would be the main medical stereotype. Um, I suppose the hotties of medicine are probably like dermatology mm. um, and Ooh. in a more, in a dark cave way, radiology. Um, so those two specialties yeah. do seem to attract the more put together doctors. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, my dad is a clinical oncologist specializing in radiotherapy. So yeah, I definitely heard that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Wait, what? <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, question three, when it comes to the effectiveness of CPR, uh, which is more realistic? So British uh, TV shows, uh, on average, show uh, CPR to be successful in 25% of cases, whereas US TV shows uh, show it to be successful in 77% of cases, oh, nice. which is more okay, I think Will and I should field this one, probably. Um, yeah. CP or what? So... Just a little joke about the letter O. It's landed very well with my 
Irish audience. So, uh, <laughs> so anyone in English who's listening, uh, Irish people pronounce R, or, and every time it happens, I hear it as all and it confuses me. Uh, it's definitely 25%, I would say. The, the, I mean, the, yeah, the, the Americans will come to you in a second, Max, because I feel that you'll be able to give us an actual answer. I do yeah, actually I feel, know the study it's quoted from, so I feel the, like I'm cheating. The Americans are probably yes. going to, like, they're always going to glamorize things a bit, aren't they? You know, and yeah. make those doctors make save the healthcare more system look good when you're paying so much for it. So Yeah, I guess so. Yes. I guess 77%. So. Hit them on the chest, give them a little kiss. Lovely. Yeah. Okay, Mags, are we right? Are the Brits right? What was no, the... well, that's a different question, sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what was the phrasing of the question? Which one was uh, more which, realistic? Which is more realistic, yeah, 25%, 25% UK? Or... Like, 25% is still way over-egging it. Mm. So, medical really? dramas tend to show um, the process of going from dead to not dead as very straightforward, when I think the bulk of human history has shown that that is not the case. <laughs> not Jesus! Not Jesus! <laughs> not for one little carpenter 2,000 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a question for you, Max, right? Like, how dead or near dead does a person have to be before you start CPR? So, that's a good question, actually. Um, so, if somebody is collapsed and unresponsive, mm. what you're supposed to do first is feel for a pulse. And if they have a pulse, basically, it's generally not time for CPR. Um, because they may need a breathing tube and they need, need their airway protected if they're unconscious, but their heart is going fine. Uh, but if they have no pulse, then it's time for CPR. Okay. So, so yeah. you're, I mean, your odds are by definition not good at that stage. Yeah, like I, most people would agree that once your circulatory system has stopped, unless you're in some hyper-specific situations with an easily reversible cause. Like, like on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's Michael holding up? Oh, he was trying to do that silently. He's holding up a picture of his own child asleep, but there you go. (laughs) Not asleep, I would argue. Oh, he's going. Oh, okay. It's happening again. Okay, this happened again. Do you know, this is such a good advert for not having children. I thought you were going to say we're not having a podcast. We, um, I suppose, yeah, we, way, way easier. We probably should. We probably should have tried to cover this. But anyway, listen, we've done the quiz. Did we get that right? We got that right. Mike's got that question right. Yeah, I think we got that right. Okay, I think we did very well. And I think we should start talking about pros and pros cons. and cons of medical Max, dramas. As as a, a doctor, what is your opening take on medical dramas, generalement? So I think that uh, probably like a lot of doctors, I loved medical dramas as like a kid and a teenager and even as a medical student and then once you actually become a doctor it becomes very much like a busman's holiday if the busman was constantly just sitting there going this bus is bullshit um (laughs) so uh to the irritation of their friends and loved ones who are not equally qualified Um, so you go from really enjoying, you know, Grey's Anatomy to um, spoiling a lot of Grey's Anatomy and huffing about how unrealistic and over-resourced American hospitals are. Um, so it kind of takes the joy out of us, to be honest. But I did, I do, I do think a lot of people in medicine and nursing and allied healthcare professions enjoyed them as children um, and maybe mm. found some kind of inspiration and gone into medicine because of them, or in the vast majority of doctors because of their other family members who were also doctors. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you you came from a medical family yeah. and obviously yeah. didn't go into medicine. I've turned out you... to be what we call a squib. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I I uh, my mum's a nurse. Uh, mum was a nurse, and dad's a doctor, and my sister is a nurse. Uh, and my other sister and I thought, no, thank you. Uh, we'd rather do a job with. Well, I'd rather do do a job with no no financial stability, yeah. and uh, but also that involves no death. Yeah. Would, yeah. Would you call it a job? Yeah, it's just nice too, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose you could really went to the polar opposite by going for something with no hours and no pay. Yeah, just sort of. I mean, the drinking is the same. Mm, yeah, the hard so drinking. So that's nice. The get being up yeah. at night. Yep, yep. Uh, but the difference is that. I, I'm numbing a different sort of mm. pain. Like, I'm numbing my own instead of other people's, so that's nice. Yeah. That's a nice way to be. That's self-care. But I, I did... Yeah, exactly. It's good It's good to do stuff like that. <laughs> I always sort of thought I would I would try and be a paramedic if I hadn't mm. uh, gone in, into acting. I thought that would have been really cool. 
And actually, I, yeah, I'm kind of interested there because paramedics, again, to the uninitiated, paramedics are definitely seen as the cool doctors, I feel. Mm. Do, do other doctors see paramedics as being cool? So paramedics are not doctors, but there oh, are okay. varying degrees of that. So there's paramedics. So there are people who are trained specifically, like they do their training and their qualifications in being a paramedic. So they're first responders and deal with things when they arrive on the scene. And then there's advanced paramedics and they can do more procedures. And then there's uh, not so much in Ireland, but in some countries there's pre-hospital doctors who go out. So like um, the London... Um, and surrounding areas would have an air, air ambulance where they would have like a full set of like paramedics, pre-hospital doctors who go out and do um, really advanced stuff at the uh, roadside or whatever for major traumas and things. So there's different degrees, wow. but yeah, it's a different thing. But I feel when I asked mm. if they were seen as cool, are they are they looked down on? No, it's just like a different thing, you know, mm. like um, like how like a slug is a different thing to a like sexy fox. <laughs> I don't know if I want to buy into this analogy and be cautious on it. <laughs> That's fair enough. Especially, it involves a little bit of exploring why Hugh thinks foxes are sexy. Yeah, there's kind of a lot to yeah. unpack there as well. Yeah. Uh, Hugh, why aren't you a doctor? Yeah. I want. No, I didn't want to be a doctor. I thought about studying medicine for about, I'd say, about four minutes one time when I was in hospital. Because I just thought it was amazing, you know, and Mm. I thought it was incredible. And it's funny because I ended up, I had surgery and it wasn't a particularly uh, serious surgery, I suppose. But while obviously people who people who care about you are kind of worried when you're getting surgery or something, whereas I genuinely thought it was just cool that doctors could like go into me and fix what was wrong and and come back out again. And not even I'm not saying just surgeons either, but there was that moment where I thought, wow, like this is this is amazing. Like, this yeah. is great. And then I thought, nope, wouldn't be able for it, wouldn't manage it, too hard, and never thought of it again. But I do think doctors, I do think it's an amazing profession, and I do think, I don't know, like, the medical dramas things, I wouldn't say I've watched an awful lot of it, but it's like anything. When you don't actually know anything about it yourself, it's fascinating, you know? Yeah, I think it's funny. I think mm. it's the same way that I used to definitely enjoy legal dramas a lot. Yeah. I think there's kind of this concept of medicine and law as the kind of old school professions and you get to kind of peep behind the veil uh, or the drape and see what's going on. Yeah, like I used to be a lawyer and everyone used to ask me, is it like suits? Yeah. And And it was, wasn't it? Well, yeah, like I, again, I haven't seen much suits, but I presume that you have a lot of sort of poor people on, poor people on drugs coming up to you in their pajamas, you know, asking, can you get them a suspended sentence? And I don't, oh God, like, yeah, it's... (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the side of medicine as well that me, that medical dramas don't tend to deal with accepting in like quite a patronising way. But I think you see that in law as well, that like medicine and law, both professions spend a lot of time dealing with the kind of the fallout of the kind of socioeconomic ills of society, mm. where like people have just been like really hard done by and bad stuff has come from it. Um, and I suppose mm. medical dramas don't tend to kind of shine a lens on that all the time, as opposed instead, like, you know, you know kind of hobo with the heart of gold stuff is as good as it gets kind of thing. Whereas I think the professions kind of ironically to the way people think of them kind of spend a lot of time kind of dealing with the stuff that nobody else kind of wants to look at. Yeah, like certainly people be like genuinely last week someone discovered I'd been a lawyer and a criminal lawyer, which obviously they find cool. And they said, oh, like, what was the, who's the worst person you ever because defended? Because you're, you're a criminal and a lawyer. Criminal at the same time. and a lawyer. Cool. And they said, who, like, who's the worst person you ever defended? Or like, what was the biggest case you ever did? And I was like, to be honest, I spent a lot of time meeting mentally ill people who shouldn't have been in prison in prison you know that was that yeah. was a lot of it and it's like people gone. ask me like what's the goriest thing you ever saw or the grossest thing you ever saw or the saddest thing or whatever and it's like if i told you like it would end this conversation yeah. probably the friendship yeah. like i don't <laughs> yeah. <say that. laughs> yeah like if you ask a question you will get an answer uh, oh speaking of questions michael is back all good He's giving a thumbs up. Okay, Michael, you're a pro. Straight back in. Give us a question. Mags, is it right that they um, primarily use enemas in France? <laughs> what a question Yeah, it is. this is kind of a running joke, but I know that one of my friends went on a stag do, no, went to a wedding in France or Belgium uh, from my medical year. 
and was seriously hungover, went to a pharmacy to get paracetamol. This is why he was a third or fourth year medical student and was halfway through, tried to dissolve the paracetamol in water. And of course, it's paraffin wax. So it just floated in the glass and then was halfway through chewing his second waxy tablet before he realized where the paracetamol had been intended to be used. Well, if, as long as he realised, I would have carried on chewing. Yeah, exactly, he did, you know. I mean, it gets in there in the end, you know. And what I was oh, going right. to ask is, other than going, other than giving a medicine intravenously, I mean, is a suppository the fastest way to get it into your bloodstream? Um, well, so any contact with any kind of um, mucosa, which is like the like the wet lining of stuff, oh, I guess would be the that's, that's not a word we've had on the podcast before. <laughs> not a phrase I've actually said out loud. It kind of just kind of came right out. So I know I'm it's not meant people. to come right out. It's meant to stay in. Stay it. Stay Can in. Can we save it. this for the legitimate likes mucus episode? Is that okay? <laughs> mucosa. <laughs> mucosa. Here, I've got a question for you, Max. Right? Scrubs. The the, the uh, garment as opposed to the the TV show. Oh, okay. Like, are, are they? You know, are they? Are they all they're cracked up to be? Are they? <laughs> I don't know what they're cracked up to be exactly. But are they? Are they a good, efficient uh, garment? Are they comfortable? In terms of um, keeping other people's body fluids off your actual skin, mm. yes, I'd say. But, yeah, but that's I mean, what I look for in a item of clothing. But I mean, no matter what you like, if you wore a lovely cashmere jumper, that'd soak up all the fluids, wouldn't it? Or a North Face jacket. Yeah, but it would be hard to boil it in bleach then and send it off to some municipal laundry yeah, and just hope yeah. for it to make its way back to you, you know? Okay. I don't know if it'd be hard. It just wouldn't work. Real life yeah. scrubs are a lot baggier than the ones that are typically portrayed on TV that tend to be tailored. So, um, you know, don't believe what you see in Grey's Anatomy. You know, the average scrubs are whatever was left in terms of whatever size. And will look like a potato sack on pretty much everybody. And do you, do different colours correspond to different jobs, or do you have a particular colour you like? In some hospitals, they do. There's one. Um, so th- some hospitals, like they indicate your grade. So like you know, like managers wear a different colour to non-managers or whatever. And some hospitals, they indicate your area. So a lot of hospitals, medics and surgeons might have different colour scrubs because theoretically you're not really supposed to wear scrubs that have been to theatre outside of theatre. Again, that's very unrealistic in medical dramas because like the idea is that they're supposed to be clean clothes for theatre. Mm. Um, not that theatres are all over sterile, but just like they're supposed to be cleaner than your outdoor clothes. I outdoor always shoes. wear clean clothes when I go to the theatre. <laughs> <laughs> that's just actually a basic general life rule for more than just doctors it's respectful respect don't know who you're going to see um, so what, one of uh, looking through the list of TV medical dramas they're, they're all very very formulaic they, I mean, most of them try to do the exact same thing um, so I guess one of the questions I have for you guys is what changes if you, if you were uh, if the showrunner for a new medical drama what changes would you make to that formula to make it more interesting I've actually come up with a pit- pictures for some new hospital dramas for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's one, there's one about where all the staff are just having tea breaks all the time at the hospital. It's called Casual Tea. Uh, and Holby so couple... City is the inpatient version. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, we've got one uh, which is about. Ju- it's just all about vehicles that fall into a particular ocean, which is shit cargo med. <laughs> Shit, cargo med. Uh, and then there's also one set in the West Country where people always giving each other stuff, which is called ER. <laughs> ER. What about one about a very hesitant, unsure doctor called Err? Which is just remove the full stops. Uh, <laughs> no, put the full stops at the end. Just like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a little even should more we scan uncertain. Uh, classic. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we got a lot. Of, we got a lot of names here. I don't know if that's going to get us our our, our, our ideas greenlit. Michael, when, you know, when, when you're imagine a show called Shit Cargo Med, and it's just about cars going into the Mediterranean all the time. That's it. That's an excellent show. Yeah, what are your? You never know quite how it's going to happen. It sells itself. Like the whole like idea is already there. If you say it loud enough, someone will make that. Will yeah. <laughs> Have you approached Channel Five? Like <laughs> We're in talks. Yeah, yeah. perfect. You start with the title and move on from there, Michael. That's yeah, that's, that's how, how we did this all podcast. Of the medical dramas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how would we improve medical dramas? Come on, stop messing around with stop the puns, everybody. Sorry, we're being silly. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
I think I think you could um just have like ones that kind of emphasize a lot of the boring side of medicine. So just like a long, like tense thriller <laughs> just based on a surgical team just trying to get a routine elective case into the hospital. So like the multiple visits to bed management, begging, them treating it as if they were giving their own kidney to you for your personal benefit, when of course they're just doing their job for our boss, the patient. And then you eventually getting the patient in and then the anaesthetist being like, it's after lunchtime, do you still want to do it today? You're like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> to be fair to anaesthetist they don't sleep remember 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 an anaesthetic team asking us at 20 to 2 if we still wanted to do the last case yes it's getting getting on and like they have very legitimate qualms about the fact that surgeons almost universally lie prolifically about how long cases are going to take but 20 20 to 2 I thought was was stretching it a little bit Um, and then and then there's no ICU bed and the case definitely needs an ICU bed until you just stick at it hard enough and then eventually you get the case in but then it is actually too late and then you have to go and tell the patient that it's not today and they say so it'll be tomorrow then and you say no no guarantee and then everybody just kind of gently looks at each other I and feel that's that would be the end tense. of the episode yeah yeah every episode ends with no no guarantee i'm afraid <laughs> no guarantee i'm afraid we'll try the emergency list tomorrow but as you can tell there's there's no guarantees and everybody just kind of angrily looks at and each that's other. the name of the show no guarantees no guarantees, yeah. yeah. I, I've seen another similarity between between law and medicine here, which is that there was a there were a couple of judges. There was one judge in particular who was known to always play golf at about four thirty in the afternoon, and the golf course was probably a thirty minute drive from the courthouse. So you just have to have everything wrapped up. And there was another judge who who genuinely. If it was if he was getting a bit tired, he'd start telling uh, the defendants to plead guilty, and they'd be fine. <laughs> That is, it's so bad when you realise there's so many human decisions behind all this yeah. shit. Yeah. It's like there's there's that study of like, I, I can't remember which country it was, but like very intense um, policing where they did a study of how, how lenient the police were on sentencing and stuff. And, and <laughs> if they'd had breakfast, <laughs> the closer they were to a meal, basically, the nicer they oh, were. And God. I was like, oh, fuck. Like people's lives are in the hands of people who are like, I do have a golf appointment actually do people call it golf appointments i don't understand if they're doctors yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. i've got an appointment with golf i have a personal appointment to have for lawyers say they've got a golf case (laughs) yeah i think that they that is also something that's lost will in medical dramas is that the human side of medicine does not just extend to doctors riding each other in on-call rooms which is disgusting uh but <laughs> but uh, it does extend actually to just the decisions that are made and I think medical dramas probably portray medicine as a very much a science and mm. that everything has a black and white right or wrong answer mm. when that's probably dangerous misinformation in terms of how medicine turns out to work yeah lots of guessing yeah I, like might be this might be this might be that we'll ruin out the serious stuff and then go mm. from there and uh, bodies are crazy <laughs> Bodies are crazy. You just never know, do you? Like that's not an yeah, a- yeah. that's not something that finishes many conversations in uh, in yeah, medical yeah. dramas, you know. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> crazy, right? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> or there's very few conversations in medical dramas where people are like, when you think like you know, in reality, you get a lot of like, can you not sort out this problem in this day and age? And you're like, we've been able to do operations for like a hundred years. <laughs> You know, like that thing about like when people appear in, in evolution at like ten seconds to midnight, when like when like surgery appears, like literally as the clock just ticks on to midnight, like the second hand. Like when you think about where we've come in hundred and kind of thirty odd yeah, years. But doctor, from... I don't think you understand. I have a filter that can make me look like a frog. Why can't you fix me inside? Like there's a famous a famous story of an amputation in about the eighteen forties or fifties there's a very famous army surgeon called Liston who some operations and instruments I think are still named after him he was very famous for being able to do an amputation in 8 seconds um, because you were having somebody held down by 8 people who was drunk yeah. so like you really had to be very quick if 
you wanted to get through it without being you know ki- kind of killed or the patient leading out um and there's a famous story about him having the world's only operation that had a 300% mortality rate because he took oh, off yeah. the leg so fast that he cut his assistant's hand and the assistant died of an infection the patient died of bleeding and a woman in the audience died of shock <laughs> So, so like, just to put that in context, that was around the time of the potato famine. So the fact that you can now trust strangers to knock you unconscious and dingle around with your insides. As long as it's really, before one o'clock. Up, up to yeah, about yeah. one quarter to two. You know, yeah. like, that, reasonable times for people to. Um, you know, that's actually, like, stunning. So the kind of, like, that's also not portrayed in medical dramas. It's all, like, cutting edge this and that. But, like, the fact that we can do anything at all is pretty amazing, really. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's like when people are like, oh, well, you know, what do you think would have happened to you if you if you lived, like, 400 years ago? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I would have died so quickly because I burnt my foot yeah. and it got infected. Probably as an and, infant. Like, yeah, yeah, probably wouldn't be here. Yeah, most likely. Probably wouldn't have made it to adolescence. Made it to adolescence. Yeah. Probably would have died in childbirth. So, guys, we're we're yeah. so different. I mean, if I I think if I was alive four hundred years ago, I would have been some kind of sun king. You know, I really <laughs> kind think of. You was... see yourself as kind of a Montezuma type of situation. Yeah, I think things mm. would have worked out really well. Yeah, really great. Yeah. Of, course, of course, you think yeah. that. Yeah. So. Yeah, until you stepped on a stone sometime, and then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Game over. Uh, any other twists on the uh, on the medical? I just uh, want to know what Mags would you say? Is there a one that sort of stands out as being more realistic, like a a good representation? Um, because I do remember once hearing years ago that Scrubs was actually quite realistic, but yeah, I think Scrubs captures a lot of dynamic. Um, so a lot of the kind of interplay between the different parts of the hospital, you know, administration, nursing, medicine, surgery. Um, I think the stories in Scrubs obviously quite saccharine. I very rarely ended a shift by kind of saying something inspirational that mm. you find on a screensaver. Um, <laughs> and spending <laughs> at the end of the day, we all spend forty five minutes with our patients at the end of the day, just sitting in the chairs talking to them. Um, so. <laughs> So yeah, I think that it was quite saccharine portrayal. I think Eeyore was actually quite a good portrayal of the kind of chaos of an A&E department or emergency department, as they're now called. Um, and I think it kind of portrayed a lot of stuff about socioeconomic inequalities because it was set in a poor public hospital, not in like an infinitely wealthy Grey's Anatomy type situation. Mm. And then I think Casualty and Holby City were also actually quite decent. Um the one for the absurdness of the humour and stuff, I loved an old series called Green Wing on Channel 4 that absolutely yes. nobody has seen. Yes. Never, I remember yeah. seeing the ads for it after Countdown, I think. Yeah, so uh, Green Wing has a lot of kind of grains of truth in it, you know, disguised in a lot of really stupid, absurd humour, which I really loved. Um, so yeah, I would recommend that's one on all four to check out. Um and there was one called Cardiac Arrest, which is a very funny portrayal of junior doctor life, which is, I think, possibly on a, you know, a free streaming service that you could check out um, without, without the uh, terms of its licensing agreement. Um, but yeah, I think that they all have varying degrees of kind of gussying mm. things up, you know. Interesting. Mm. Which is fair enough, mm. like they're meant to be entertainment. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah, they're just using... Hospitals are pretty cool sets. Like, it's a cool place to set something. They're like mini cities. It makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, and there's loads of different facets that you can, you know, have people mm. come Yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. And everyone kind of, again, of course we don't know the realities, but everyone knows kind of the different departments in a hospital. Like, everyone knows mm. there are nurses, there are doctors, there are surgeons. I'd love to write a murder mystery set in a hospital, you know, because I feel like mm. you've got all those sort of different departments there. You also for for a TV series, you also have a constant flow of new characters. You know, you, yeah. you just bring in people. It's not the only thing you got a constant flow of. If you find the right <laughs> mucosa, I'll tell you what, everything's <laughs> flowing. So, look, I'm making making some notes here. We've got a lot of cons for uh, for for these uh, for 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 medical dramas. Not realistic, quite formulaic. Portray things as a science when they're not. Uh, don't like Scrubs. Um, the other <laughs> pro is that they're somewhat educational. Do we have any other anything else to say in their favour? I think they're inspiring as well. You know, they you know probably you know bring people out of the woodwork as as children and make them expect that a career in medicine or nursing or allied health will be non-stop exciting and fulfilling. Which of course it or is. Or that 
being an actor in one will be possible. Yeah, or that being being one of a myriad million extras in these will be will be possible. Yeah. Yeah. Man with sprained wrist. What? Yeah. Well, if you were in a medical drama, a let's say you let's say you're in an episode of a medical drama, right? And oh, I didn't tell you with you're going to die by the end of the episode. Okay, yours is going to be a sad yeah. case. Okay, what would you like it? What would you like the arc to be? What would you like to have? What injury or illness do you think? Well, you can diagnose what injury or illness you think he'd have that would make a good that he could act his way through the episode, but ultimately die. Mm. Well, I get to choose. Oh uh, yeah, if you want. And then Mags will tell okay. us what would actually happen if you had that. Like, she might say, um, actually, if you just went home and lay down, you'd be fine. Yeah, I would probably choose... Uh, I don't know, either I'd choose a, a small hot water bottle burn on my left foot, which is once what ho- hospitalised me, because it's a pretty sexy injury. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'd choose uh, beheading. Now, I was going to say, you're, you're in the hospital for most of the episode and you die at the end. So are you saying one of the yeah. doctors beheads you? Yeah, it's Liston it comes back just... from the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I would like that. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was trying it's to amputate I'm... someone else, but as he swung back, he got your head and then came forward. I'm and... actually brought into the episode to give someone an organ, and then they accidentally oh. they drop. They say no a scalpel, and then someone drops it, and it goes in my eye, and then where's the inside scoop? And... <laughs> <laughs> His insides are out. Which scoop do we use? Don't too much scooping. Too much scooping. I I have no answer really. I I think I would like I just like to be in it. I guess, but I would like to have like a I'd like to have a pretty cool injury that was like a cinematic injury, like a gunshot. But it'd probably be cool. In real life, it wouldn't. What about if you if you wanted a recurring role, like a very dull injury, just like an ulcer on your leg that needed a lot of dressing? That would be yeah yeah. Well, I would like. I mean, in terms, yeah. Sorry, I'm, sorry, Michael. That was stupid of me. I should have thought in terms mm. of uh, how much money. I, I'd like like a, a cancer where I have to keep getting checked up to see if it's gone, like just to make it dark. And and also, my my dad is a cancer doctor, so bowel cancer, please. <laughs> oh, smart decision, let's, Will. Let's not keep asking for that, Will. Every episode. <laughs> As I said it, I was like, don't know why I've gone down this line of questioning. I could have said a sprained ankle. Mm. Sprained ankle, please. You know when there are clips from your life where you're like, I'm going to really regret having said that? I feel like that's possibly... Uh, yeah, I'm already like regretting 15 it. 15-second so. segments where you're like, I shouldn't have said that probably. Um, here's a question. Why do medical dramas always focus on Western Is this medicine? a joke? No, it's a question. Oh, it's, I thought it was like, yeah. What, no, why, do, why do they always focus on Western medicine? Why don't we have any uh, alternative medical dramas? You know, like a dreamy homeopathist and a, I don't know, acupuncturist with great hair. I suppose it would really just kind of put a dampener on a lot of episodes, just with seeing very hopeful people with serious malignancies <laughs> gradually dying. <laughs> yeah, leaving with enormous bills and getting just sicker Just huge, time. huge yeah. bills. Yeah. Well, they don't have to worry about the bills. They're dead, but their families are destitute. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I suppose maybe for very minor things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got slightly sore back. Or like if your CBD leg oil. falls asleep <laughs> sometimes, but then you shake it out, it's fine. That would be the kind of level of stuff that I would trust to yeah, yeah. alternative medicine. Yeah. Like many comedians mm. have made similar jokes, and I have done yeah. myself in the past. You know, you wouldn't trust an alternative engineer to build a bridge. <laughs> you would be like, I just kind of, I kind of channel the chi of the river. No, you can't see it or detect it in any way. I can. You can't. Nobody else can. <laughs> No, it's never been photographed. But you channel yeah. that, and then you kind of channel that energy to the energy centers. The energy centers are whatever I say. Mm. And that would be for cars to drive over. You'd probably be like... Mm. Well, I think we've got our yeah, title I mean... as well, then. Casual chi, right? <laughs> 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 um, or like alternative banking, where you just like would go into a bank and be like... Um, I think some banks have been doing that for the last while. <laughs> I was going to say, there's actually a much bigger joke there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the girlfriend wants to help you out if you're doing some alternative banking. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just think that it's... Um, I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing everything. I'm just saying that if it works, somebody would probably monetize it because capitalism. They could probably give you something to poo-poo everything, though, if you need it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Actually, that would be, from my experience in hospital, yeah, that would be one thing that doesn't get covered in the drama is when you haven't been to the toilet in a week and then you're given a laxative. And then you need some casual cheer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, all of the all of the defecation. You know, uh. you've you've broken both your wrists. Who's going to help you wipe your bum? It's important. They're the big questions. Hugh, I feel yeah. like I've brought you to a hospital a lot. I mean, Sorry? Okay. I've, been in, I've been in hospitals with you a number of times. Yeah, it's okay, always for you. You've just said you've brought me to hospitals a lot. Well, I, yeah, I came along for the for the fun. You know? Did I give you a lift when I had to drive yeah. myself <laughs> to hospital? Was that yeah, it? Yeah, hold on. Well, like, I've definitely hold. been with you. I've been with you uh, probably a dozen times. When you so that you blood. could pretend you had somebody to drive you home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guy. came to visit me, Michael, when I had a prolonged stay in hospital. That, that doesn't yeah. count as a dozen different times. No, yeah, no, no, you're really centering yourself in this narrative. Michael. There were loads of times then when you gave blood and I came along as well because they give out biscuits. It's not a hospital. And yeah. potatoes. And I, th- I brought you to a hospital in Italy as well. You didn't bring me to a hospital, Michael. I went to a hospital. <laughs> I you thought there might be some fine Italian you biscuits. Didn't, you didn't carry me in. Some Savoyardi. Some Garibaldi. I do mainly give blood for the uh, for the biscuits and the crisps. And it's funny because I remember there was a... I don't... Do they still pay people in America to give blood? They certainly used to. And I think any whole... kind of fluid you can donate in America, you <laughs> yeah. can monetize. This... Again, because their health system is very functional. Well, exactly. Exactly. Well, how else? But there's this sort of idea that is it... You know, is it worrying if people are going to give blood? There's a, you know, they possibly shouldn't be giving blood, but they will because there's money. Whereas, yeah, a couple mm. of bourbon creams and I'd yeah. be in. You're anyone's. Yeah. Yeah. Please yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A packet of them would be <laughs> 80 cent in little. Uh, listen, but these I go, ones are free. I go in there with a knife and a bucket and start bleeding myself on the way. <laughs> You're like, I don't need the hemoglobin test. I know I'm fine. <laughs> Sir, please. You should see what he does for a purple snack. <laughs> um, Involve okay, mucosa. Right. Well, I, look, no one's no one's making a very strong case for uh, medical drama, so I don't know. Are we? Mo- oh, they're great. Oh, they're very entertaining. Are we? Are we moving to? I, I will say, I watched a clip of Eeyore on the bus today, and I, I watched a three minute forty second clip and was in tears by the end of it. Having never seen the show before. <laughs> So, okay, I'm pushing for a vote. Final, final judgment. Okay, what do we? How, think? Well, I, they're great fun. I think they're really good. My only qualm is that I haven't been cast in one, but I would be so fickle as to change immediately if I was cast in one. I think I should put out the good vibes to the universe. I really liked House. I especially like watching House with my dad, who would, in the first couple of minutes, sometimes just guess what had happened to the person. Nice. Because if you have some some medical knowledge, sometimes it was really obvious. Nice. I, d- I do that when I watch Air Crash Investigation. Always guess the plane's crashed. Always right. <laughs> and Max, Michael, Max as, the, as you someone... don't have to. I'm sorry, Hugh, but you can't. It's not about guessing the plane crashed. It's about guessing how it crashed. <laughs> Obviously, the plane's crashed. Can't... The plane in this situation yeah. is in hospital. Yeah. Out of the we sky. know the person's in hospital. Came out of the sky. The, but the, the first thing they always first think the plane had lupus, but then it turned out it was <laughs> something else. Max, I mean, as as someone who's who's in diagnostics, I suppose, and um, yeah, are those are they? Is there enough of a trail of breadcrumbs there to allow you to diagnose things early? Do you get them early in house? Do you get them late? Is it just wrapped up in lots of ridiculousness? Yeah, I'm not that big of a fan of house because I (laughs) I find the hierarchy of the team quite difficult to understand. I get quite annoyed (laughs) because it's very much very, very (laughs) medicine is extremely hierarchical. And, you know, it's very much kind of a pyramid situation in hospitals. And I just sometimes find it very difficult to understand what's going on in a house. I'm like, is this a consult? Have you referred the patient on? Has there been a transfer of care? Is this dual care? Like, I just have very complicated. But um, in other dramas, yeah, you frequently can guess. And my mum is a pharmacist and would spoil every episode of Casualty. Very memorably, I remember somebody finding a jar of almonds in their shed that was many years old and eating one of the almonds and my mum going, cyanide! And I, to this day, am very wary of an almond beyond its sell-by date. Um, But she would ruin everything. But my mum being a pharmacist just reminded me of a very awkward conversation I once had with a surgeon boss of mine. So a common thing that doctors would ask each other about is whether there are other doctors in their family or whether you are, like me, a maverick. And he said that... uh, you know, do you have any anybody medical in your family? And I said, no, no, um, I'm, the, I'm the first one. And I said, have you anyone medical in your family? And he said, well, yes, my dad was a pharmacist. And I said, oh, my mum is a pharmacist. And then we both went. 
Um, so that was quite difficult to get out of. But um, yeah, she would ruin every episode of Casualty in Hobby City by just going straight in with a very accurate guess. Usually, so it is quite and, easy to guess. And Mike, sticking with House, so in your in your pathology practice, do you how how many times a week do you break into the patient's house to determine the cause of the illness? Well, any time I would have any vague question about their background, like I would never ask them or their family. Like I would just be mm. straight around the house. Yeah, and oh, that's then, good to know. Big, and a lot of people don't know that, like, kind of doctor-patient confidentiality. There'd be like a doctor-patient communal property clause, so you're just allowed just bash the lock off the door. All of us would have lock kits in our car, and you're just yeah. allowed to just get in there, root through everything, and usually you wouldn't turn on any of the lights. You'd normally mm. just go around with mm. the torch and mm. just kind of like turn stuff over, look at all their family photos and that kind of stuff, and go through their drawers and things. But that would be, yeah. I mean, I don't know how else you would get the information. So it's just your day-to-day. Yeah, it's your yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not yeah. going to tell you they're in a coma, and how else would you find out? So, <laughs> yeah. run, a, run a whole load of tests. Yeah, what are you going to do? Like scan them? Like like in a book? Like on. you're not you're just pissing away resources. Like yeah. the HSE doesn't have any money. Like just go around breaking <laughs> the house and do some detective work. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, that, uh, sorry, that's the part of house that's very realistic, obviously, and that's mm. the kind of part that. I, that's why it's called house. Yeah. Right? So I would like you know I'd cut up a specimen. They'd make the slides overnight, and the slides would come out. Then I look at the cells down the microscope, and then I'm like. What does the back garden look like? And then I'm just over there. <laughs> Another doctor would come with me because we would give each other boosts. <laughs> and so, depending on the height of the wall, they just do like a boosty with the hands, or you could stand yeah, on their yeah. back, or you could bring like we'd all have like a step ladder or one of those little rope ladders, and then you just get straight into the back garden and just look at whether they have yeah. like azaleas or rhododendrons or hydrangeas and then you'd be like ah you know like and then you'd just be straight back and you'd be like oh it's paracop they are in a coma these flowers are dead it's paracop in this old lead mine yeah Yeah. exactly yeah yeah. yeah, exactly they live in a lead mine they're near that lake full of new mercury in Japan you wouldn't know (laughs) unless you went to their house hmm there's a little bit of differentiation from real life in that I don't think anyone in house has ever said, give me a boosty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they often don't show that bit, but like, how did they get in, you know? <laughs> how else would they have got over the wall? Yeah. yeah, that's, I'm kind of giving you, I suppose, again, like this podcast is kind of a look behind the veil of the profession. Yeah. So like a lot of people mm. wouldn't know that about yeah. doctors and they would think that doctors would just always pick locks, but a lot of the time it's boosties. Well, I guess you a know how the, the time, body works, you know. Well, a good diagnostician would usually be able to make the diagnosis from the garden, not the house. So you don't always have to pick the lock. Is the dream to end up being able to just, you know, spend your time going around the city in a taxi to different patients' houses, glancing at the house and going, yeah, I, I know that's tuberculosis. Yeah, like, next, you get to the point where... You know, if you're say if your patient was, you know, like um, a landlord or whatever, that you would just look at their rental properties on daft.ie and you would kind yeah. of just get like a quick idea from from the laminate floor. I mean, you've just pitched me. That is a that is a very exciting medical drama of you just solving solving mysteries of the body without seeing the body. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like show me show me a man's friends and I'll show you the man, you know, like just show me a garden. and I'll give you a diagnosis and prescribe treatment sight unseen. Give a man a boosty and he's in the garden for a day, but teach a man to boosty and he's in the garden for the rest of his life. <laughs> and you'll, you'll be begging me to get out of your garden. Um, I've one other question, and I know we sort of covered the, I don't want to know, like, what's the most gruesome or what's the saddest, but I do want to know, like, what is the, I suppose, strangest in some way, but kind of like most old-fashioned. So I know there's, like, still the odd... Actually, when I was a lawyer, I had a client who couldn't come up to court one time because he had tuberculosis because Mm. there was an outbreak of it in prisons. But, like, do you ever get bizarre, like, tuberculosis or rickets or, like, ancient old illnesses that suddenly crop up again? That was from the time when they locked up all those badgers, wasn't it? Mm. (laughs) Listen, they need to be represented just as much as anyone else. You've seen Wind in the Willows. Otherwise the weasels will take over. They're all looked up mm. for uh, menacing cows under Section 17. Um, yeah, the uh, TB still comes up a lot. Like, TB is kind of seen as like a Victorian joke illness, but it's still very much literally alive and well. Um, and you would often see people... I actually found the most interesting was when you see people with operations and stuff that aren't done anymore. Mm. So it's really interesting. Most stomach ulcers are caused by a bacteria called H. pylori, and when people who now would still be practicing surgeons, when they were at, you know, my stage five years ago or whatever, back in the 70s, 
they would have done, you know, a burst, a perforated ulcer, you know, once or twice a week. They might have seen one every night of the week. And now, you know, like, I, my whole surgical career, which is seven, seven and a half years, I saw two people with burst ulcers. And it's because we now just give them antibiotics. Mm. And when the two guys who discovered that in the 90s, like, they got the Nobel Prize in the 90s sometime, two Australian guys, they were like, a bacteria causes the ulcers. People were like, no, it doesn't. Because there used to be an operation called a selective phagotomy, where people just cut off the nerve supply to the stomach and, you know, it reduced ulcers because it reduces the acid production but it wasn't actually treating the source but you still get patients now coming back being like you know this scars from a selective phagotomy and there would still be people just about coming up to retirement now who would have practiced and done selective phagotomy so i always just thought that was really interesting and kind of made me question what operation am i doing now as a matter of course that in 30 years people will be like oh my god we used to take the colon out for ulcerative colitis and stuff you know there's stuff that just like you kind of know is going out of date as you're doing it but like it's the best available thing at the time yeah so i always thought that was really interesting and even i had an operation on my lung about 14 years ago and yeah i I was talking to a doctor who worked in the same hospital and knew the person who'd done it but very recently it was like god that's cast they sliced you open did the full open surgery we wouldn't do Mm. that at all now you know keyhole and yeah that would all be done by keyhole now and even when i was you know like kind of 10 years ago i remember that keyhole surgery coming in and people flying over from abroad to tutor people in it and at the moment robotic surgery is just kind of becoming common in every hospital and stuff so there's all this stuff changing all the time that previously was unthinkable like keyhole surgery when that came in people were like keyhole surgery is insane a keyhole gallbladder in like 1980 whatever took like five hours yeah. people couldn't understand that you're operating inside the body with like little tiny instruments that are far away from you people are like this will never catch on the mm. old gallbladder is the way to go there's still people who think that but the vast majority of people obviously don't and a gallbladder now takes you know at best you know 45 minutes or an hour mm. so like everything just changes all the time so you kind of have to have a degree of humility that everything is in flux and that's why people want a degree of certainty from doctors that they often just can't provide because everything comes with the caveat that in 10 years time this could just be wrong oh. i've got to say it oh, my wow. show about driving around houses will be called through the keyhole surgery <laughs> yes and, and actually, that would be an extra part of the show that I would be allowed insert a little pincers on a rod and I would be allowed to take with me whatever I could grab and get through the keyhole. And Lloyd Grossman would present it. Do you know what? There is actually you get a bottle of pasta sauce from there as well. There's a reality you don't be able to get like a show. pinch of the label. There's a reality TV show in this, which is where you get 14 doctors, 14 houses. 14 patients lying in the front hall and you have to perform the surgery through the keyhole <laughs> of the door. <laughs> and then and then a, a follow-up legal drama based on the ensuing, <laughs> ensuing horrifying lawsuits and life-ending medical council decisions. And then I could present it and that would sort me a job. And that would yeah. be a you job for it, you. Guys. That's a job for Fantastic. both of us. I think I'm running into a dangerous situation here where I'm saying medical dramas are a legitimate like but basically what i mean is that mags is a legitimate like because yeah. i've enjoyed this so much yeah but i support that well if yeah but, great. but if mags supports medical dramas that means then you will too well yeah basically yeah. i'll go mags, mags are you are you gonna lead. mags would you mags. like to make your vote official i think for the entertainment value and the small amount of useful awareness and a lot of insane non-useful awareness that's funny i think they are a legitimate like excellent and diagnosis legitimate yeah i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna roll with mags on this i've seen very few of them but yeah listen i mean it's entertainment and apparently doctors are very attractive so diagnosis legitimate is actually the name of another show that i pitched to three where i give people maury povich style results on paternity tests <laughs> don't tell anyone that don't put this in the podcast okay yeah we'll cut this definitely <laughs> we'll keyhole surgery that's been developed carry on Michael, any thoughts on it being a legitimate like? No, I'm, 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 I'm going back to Eeyore now. I mean, like this has turned me onto that show, and I was yeah, you watched a whole three minutes. Yeah, feel your feelings, man. I was a mess, and uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm, 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 I'm happy to support this. I want let's see, let's see more of it. Yeah, great. That's it. We've done it. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Man. Thanks so much for having me. It was very fun. I feel like we've learned a lot. Yeah. I don't know if you've learned Yeah, anything. times it turned into a bit of a kind of the more you know PSA, but then, you know, the longer it went on, the more absurd it got, which has been very reflective of my career in medicine. Well, I'm sure, Mags, you'd, <laughs> you'd agree that you've learned a lot from us too. Uh, yeah, and I mean, you've probably taught me the biggest lesson of all. <laughs> Excellent. 
which is well, she's not need to say it. we all know what it is okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. well thank you for listening to legitimate likes we hope you enjoyed the show and we hope you've learned something too um, please let us know what you think please rate review subscribe follow follow us on Instagram and on Twitter where we are at legitimate likes um, and until the next time it's goodbye from Will and it's good Hugh from bye uh, well, we've a lot of people to get through here. <laughs> no, it's just... Mags, Mike from me. Goodwill, and legitimate. You later. Like you. Like you. Bye. 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 <laughs> Mags came on the podcast just so she could explain what it is the doctors do. Do not get your hopes up if your surgery is scheduled after 25 to 2. Orthopedic surgeons, they might fix the bone you've broken, but they don't care if you die. Skin doctors are hot, but they get fewer Tinder swipes than those nerds who do web design. Who is this Doogie Hazard they all love? Better finish quick, use losing blood. You shouldn't eat suppositories. At least Mag says you're not supposed to. Cause they only really work if they slip into your mucosa. And we're lucky we're living today when the sedatives work. 200 years ago, they'd just get you off your face with list and kill and patients just all over the place. Medicine today is a marvel of science But you can always go and be a homeopath's client If you've the money to pay They'll give you lots of flavoured water each day And in the end you're gonna die anyway Now the greatest doctors are so good at their jobs Don't need to see their patients at all They just drive out to your house and get a boosty up over the wall 